guys ready up there? Alright. Alright, quiet on the set. Hello and welcome to the WIFT podcast. I'm Director of Photography and WIFT Vice Chair Jaro Valdek. At the 2020 edition of the Cork International Film Festival, WIFT hosted a focused panel on the difficulties faced by parents and carers who are struggling to balance their home life with their careers in the industry. As a member of Raising Films Ireland, this is an area close to my own heart. This online panel was hosted by WIFT Chair and Raising Films board member Dr. Susan Liddy. She spoke with the Chair of Raising Films, Eilish Bracken, writer-director-producer Roisin Carney, and writer-producer Niall Murphy, another Raising Films member. They discussed the ways in which the Irish screen industries can better support parents and carers. everyone uh, this is Susan Liddy uh, chair of WIFT and I'd like to thank our uh, partners uh, for this discussion uh, Cork Film Festival particularly Roisin Garrity, Fiona Clark and Michael McCarthy for collaborating with us today to host this very important uh, topic um, we're going to be talking about parenting and caring in the screen in industries in Ireland and uh, to before I give some context to that, I'd like to introduce you to our panel. We have Eilish Bracken, producer and chair of the recently launched Raising Films Ireland. We have uh, Roisin um, uh, Carney, a writer, director, producer. You may know some of her films, uh, uh, Run, uh, The Family Way, The Ferry, uh, and uh, Niall Murphy. Uh, I suppose Mr. Scanon would be the usual way Niall is known. He is the founder and managing director of Scanon, but more recently is a producer and I believe also a writer. So I'm delighted to have uh, this panel here today and I'll be in, you know, trying to find out what their thoughts are about where we are in the Irish film industry around these issues. But I just want to give maybe a small bit of context before we begin. And excuse me while I just clarify by checking my notes here, because I, I really do think we need uh, to know where things are going, uh, to what research has been done, what do we know already before we, we try to build on that. So I suppose the first thing to say that in the last couple of years, there's been an unprecedented focus on achieving uh, gender equality and creating a more inclusive industry. And while we're not there yet, a lot of work has been done. And it seems that it's unfortunate that in all of that debate to date, we have neglected to look at those who have parenting and caring duties. Um, somehow they they tend to be invisible in all discussions. And I suppose that was the um, exciting thing to see Raising Films launched in the summer, because now uh, it, there's a platform and there are voices uh, that are going to be speaking out on these issues. I mean, research has been done for the last couple of years. I have been researching that area myself, but it doesn't quite reach the people um, that one wants it to reach. We want it to be a topic of conversation in the industry. So I think at, at the core, what we know already from research is that caring is undervalued. I guess we know that anyway, don't we? As parents, as you know, mothers, as, as daughters, um, it's undervalued and it's a problem for people working in the industry. So unfortunately, parents or carers have to make a choice sometimes between leaving the industry they love 
and putting up with extraordinary challenges and hardships to stay there. Now, I'm saying parents, and I am aware that it is, in terms of research, mothers that pay the bigger price, I guess. They do carry a disproportionate amount of, uh, of the burden of caring uh, in, in most societies. Um, but it's also true to say that it is an issue for men as well. And of course, we're not just talking about childcare here, we're also talking about um, later life caring uh, and, and all kinds of caring. And I think as a society, we just don't really stop to think of how important that is. So some of the fallout of that is that um, individuals regard it as an individual problem, a private worry, something that you don't talk about. Of course it isn't, it's a collective issue, it's a societal problem, but we tend to kind of keep the lid on that because it's all about keeping your foot in the door. Now, this is at least is the research that, that I'm aware of, keeping your foot in the door until you can come out and breathe, until you've gotten through those hard years. Well, that seems to me to be a very sad thing that you have to kind of hold your breath for all those years um, be before you can actually talk about it because that's the other thing. Parents don't like to talk about what's going on at home. They don't want to draw attention to the fact that they have a host of other problems at home. Um, so you get this scrambling situation where you're desperately trying to stay on top of a job that is not your always your typical nine to five job and also try to look after uh, your, your children or uh, those that you are responsible for caring. Um, so I guess it's trying to break away from the notion of framing it as a personal responsibility. Um, and if we don't, what's going to happen is we will continue losing people, I think, from the industry. So I suppose as a researcher and as someone who's on the board of Raising Films uh, Ireland uh, now, it's to try to shatter the stigma around caring that I'm interested in. It's th this idea that, that a price has to be paid. And that price is most often paid by mothers, it's true. And as a result, the term the motherhood penalty it has been coined. So um, I want to kind of just after giving that context now, I'd like to kind of come to our panel and ask you about your own experiences, both personal experience and also what you probably witnessed in the industry. And Ailish, I'm going to start with you. Now, I know that the background to setting up Raising Films arose from Cross Pollinator when Hope Dixon Leach arrived over and gave a very powerful um, uh, speech about all of this. And she, of course, is the co-founder of Raising Films UK. But I'm more interested in asking you, as a producer, what alerted you to this whole area? I mean, why did you get involved? Um, hi, Susan. Um, I guess um, Raising Films Ireland for me came like it, it arose out of a very personal fear, um, first and foremost, um, that having spoken to my friends who are female and producers and mothers and watching what I've seen over the course of my career, where you see uh, amazing, fantastic women and men dropping off, mainly women, I have to say that, I do have to say that. Uh, dropping out and disappearing off the face of the planet when they have kids mm -hmm. and it was it was a very deeply personal fear for me as well because I was a person who at some point wanted kids and thought okay well am I going to have to choose between my career and having children if I want both and it has put uh, I have put off having kids in some in in uh in part due to my career um and that's really where the idea for uh, had been germinating for about two or three years, really, um, since my friends and I had started talking about having kids. 
um, and my friends had started having kids. And that's when this kind of beacon came through during Cross Pollinator with Shelley Love's interview and with Hope Dixon Leach coming and speaking about raising films that I realized that there was something already existing that we could work with and kind of uh, jump off, uh, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting um, that, that you bring up those personal points, Eilish, because I, to me, this is another real difficulty about getting more women into roles in the film industry that maybe they don't populate to uh, uh, enough uh, of an extent now. It's that even if even if you're not conscious of the fact that this is an industry where family is a problem, it, I think is, it works at an unconscious level. How can you encourage uh, particularly young women into an industry that you that you know uh, does not um, easily facilitate the having of a family, which you know mo most people and it isn't plenty <clears throat> of people decide not to have children, not to to live in that way, but a lot a lot do, and it's that difficulty, isn't it, of trying to encourage people in, and 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 being sometimes unclear how much you you should tell them about the realities of the film industry and some of it is not really is not really positive in that way. Roshan, can I turn to you? I, I'd love to hear your personal story. Was having um, I, I think you are a parent, are you? I, don't I am. Have you like have you a personal story attached to that, Roshan? And can you also maybe shed some light on other people you know? How yeah. how big an issue is this? It, well, it's a huge issue. It's massive. And I mean, I'm coming from a slightly different place. I My eldest is nearly 17 now and the youngest is 12. So I was able to reemerge once they were big enough that they didn't need the level of minding that they do prior to that age with great difficulty and still am desperately trying to reemerge. But um, the when I got married, I I was working in the tech as a tech. I was a lighting designer. I worked in theater and film. And I, I was genuinely shocked when someone said to me, you know, you're not going to get any work anymore. And I'm so grateful to that person now because it would have been horrific. Like it was horrific anyway, but I think it would have been even worse if he actually hadn't been open enough to give me that piece of information because it was terrible. It was awful. It had never really struck me that... I was going to have to give up everything I'd worked at and trade at for 15 years, you know. Roshan, can I just come in here? I want to know, mm -hmm. like, why? Was, was was there ever an explanation given? You won't work, but it's, why? There's two things. One is the perception of not being able to do the job. Mm -hmm. People think, oh, you know, she's got a baby now. She's not going to be able to do this. She's not going to be able to do that. So there is a perception. There is the wage gap there and progression. Mm -hmm. Certainly 17 years ago, we all know that women did not get the better paying jobs did not get the consistency of jobs if you're freelance obviously you're very very vulnerable to that um so it was perception that people didn't think just presumed i wouldn't be able to um without asking necessarily yeah. um and then the other part of it is because like we all know the hours aren't great you know hours mm -hmm. can be difficult and to work around but unless you have a level of family backup of friend neighbor are, are financially independent and can afford to i mean you can't have an au pair for three months it doesn't work like that you know you can't book into a creche for three months a lot of the time or it's very expensive to do so well it certainly was 17 years ago 
So the access to childcare is difficult because you can't afford to pay for childcare when you're not working yourself. So that, that is a problem. So, that, you know, it's not like you're in a situation where you know what wages you're going to get every week and you can say, right, I can pay this much out of that for childcare. And then even with courses and training, you're paying for childcare as well as the course. So if you need to be wealthy. You need to have money to do that. And when it comes to a choice between buying a pair of shoes for school or doing a course, mm -hmm. like you're going to buy the pair of shoes for school. You're, you just can't do both. So the, it is that double edged sword. It's not only that it's particularly difficult, but it's even more it's socioeconomic factors play a huge part in that as well. And single parenthood. I mean, one in four families mm -hmm. is a single parent. Mm -hmm. Where are they? Where are their voices within this? Mm -hmm. So I think it has improved. And I did. I actually rang a few people last night because I was like, what's changed? You know, and there's a few friends of mine who are in the industry who have very young kids at the moment. And a lot has changed. I mean, there is it has improved. Um, the perception isn't there as much. It's still there, but it's not it's it's not that attitude of just written off put you wear yeah. 70 to be honest yeah. you were told just written off that was it you're yeah. done yeah. you know yeah. and okay, tonight, i'll come back to your russia for more yeah. now what i'm interested in hearing from you am i right in saying that your move into production is relatively recent within the last few years yeah so so i moved so, so from uh, like you you work somewhere else do you see a difference um with how all this works from your like a regular type of job, shall we say, you know, and the film industry. Is it the industry itself is a different beast? It's it's not just the film industry, it's any industry that relies extensively upon freelance work or any industry that it relies extensively upon part-time work in mm -hmm. that it, 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 what the English and the Americans have started the term the gig economy. So mm -hmm. anyone involved in the gig economy has that problem. So I've worked for almost 15 years within the financial services industry. So right. that's a very stable it's yes. banking it is a very stable job you have dedicated hr uh, for the bank employees they would have a couple of hundred employees uh, no, none of them are small mom and pop operations like all irish productions are um so it, it's very different uh, women are still penalized for having children in that world um in that the, there's a perception amongst the male employees that they're on holidays while they're on maternity leave, or that the um, that the, the the gap in wages is still there um, because the pathways to advancement are restricted um, in some ways. The mothers take it upon themselves. Uh, or are forced due to whatever circumstances to work, to, to leave behind the overtime and therefore are seen as not contributing as much to the workplace as the men are, even though that's an absolute fallacy. I mean, the men could be there to twiddling their thumbs all day and then do nothing. Um, there is that perception mm -hmm. and it's it, we need to change as a society as much as we need to change mm -hmm. as an industry that perception mm -hmm. that uh, that motherhood is something that is you know is or mm -hmm. that parenting in general is our caring yes. in general is something that's being done on a part-time basis and that it takes away from your ability to do other mm -hmm. things it's, it doesn't mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that is true. Well, I mean, obviously, we, we, we're, we're going to try in this com short conversation to, to be very focused, but it's such a huge subject. We, we could talk quite easily for a couple of hours about it. But Aileen, can I can I come back to you and say to you, are there, it's very difficult. We've said that there are particular challenges in the industry. Um, we know childcare is still a big issue across the board anyway, but are there particular things that can be done within the industry to make things better? There are. I can't give you like a list of these are the things you have to do. I mean, yes. at the very first, uh, firstly, you do need to change the attitudes in the, in the industry. And I think that is uh, definitely changing. It's slow, but it is changing. Roshi mentioned that there were conversations being had in rooms that she wasn't in saying, you know, oh, let's not call her. She like she has she just had a baby. Um, taking the it, which takes the the um, decision away entirely. Mm. Even ask the question from somebody who's just had a kid. Mm. Um, and I've been in rooms where that conversation has been had, and that that conversation has now changed to let's not penalise somebody because they've just had a kid. If they want the job enough, they'll figure out the childcare, which isn't necessarily the best conversation to be having either. It is. It well, has. It's <laughs> definitely, it's like if you want it hard enough, you'll you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, yeah. There's no there. There is now conversation started to be had about what can we do to help with that. What can we do to help with uh, supporting people who require childcare in order to enter re enter the industry? or to continue on in the industry and um in order to kind of figure that out further than where we are at at the moment in raising films we are doing research and we announced um back in august that we are starting to re do research within the industry and susan you will be able to speak about that more than i will uh because you are the head of that research um so i'm not sure if you want to uh say yeah, in for uh, very very quickly uh, and to thank of course raising films for for um for for asking me to do that and i'll be working with my colleague Anne o'brien and uh, we've both done uh, quite a bit of work around motherhood at the minute and, and have work coming out about uh, the international audiovisual industry actually uh, a book coming out in um in the early of 2021 uh, so i'm delighted to do it so uh, i suppose Ailish, i think it was a very good step that that decision to get some research done because yes i can quote you chapter and verse about things we know from all over the world and you know maybe a lot of those will, will turn up uh, in the irish context as well but i think we need the confidence to say this is where we are this is our irish experience and it may be nuanced quite differently in some ways the other thing would be that a lot of the work and i include my own prior work as well, is qualitative solely in that it is unpicking the things that are problematic for parents and mothers specifically, actually, is what, what we focused on. Um, but uh, I think what, we, what, what this new research will bring, it will bring a, a, a quantitative element as well. So we're going to sort of be speaking to stakeholders. We're going to have the figures, who's working where, what are the problems, what are the issues, which parts of the industry are most affected, all of that. So we're going to hopefully have the numbers and we're going to have the analysis of the numbers. And like that kind of work has not been done um, uh, in the Irish film industry before. It has been done elsewhere. It's been done in the UK. It's been done in Australia. So I think it is a great first step to have that. And um, I think, you know, conversations, breaking the silence, talking about it, uh, all of those things are going to change the culture 
And, and it's, it's interesting what you were saying there, Eilish, about those conversations. OK, they may not have sort of uh, evolved maybe to, to the most wonderfully enlightened place we want them to go, but it sounds like a, a big improvement. And it's moving in know, the right direction. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, and, I, and I think that will continue because I think people need information as well. And, but I think you said something there, and it's 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 the core of it, really, isn't it? That we we hold stereotypical ideas about who the carers are, mm -hmm. and allied to that, we 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 do the mouthpiece like we value caring, but actually we haven't acted as though we value caring in the society generally, yeah. not in the industry. So I think we need to challenge those. And as you said, Niall. It's a societal issue as well as being uh, an issue for uh, the film industry and similar types of industries. Roshan, can I go to you and ask you? Yeah. I mean, I know it varies. So, so mm. I get the sense from you, Eilish, that even hearing the conversations has lightened it for you, that that's important that people are talking about. It. Now, for you, Roshan, are there yeah. either going, either looking back a few years ago or, or where you are now, mm. um, what would have helped? What would have been the thing that would have maybe made it all seem more manageable to you? I think you, like there is something that happens, particularly if you're part of a couple and you have a child, that you have to look at the wages and who's bringing in. And one job is always going to take a little slightly higher place than the other, which is part of what happened because, you, you know, you have to look at the bank balance at the end of the day you have children to pay for <laughs> but um the i think for me a lot of it was i felt very cut out i felt like i wasn't given the choice yeah and i mean in all fairness wages actually were i think better then than they are mm. now mm. and i could have managed you know what i mean if i was given the jobs i'd been doing previously on the wages i was on previously I definitely could have managed, I could have figured, but I wasn't given that choice. That wasn't an option that was really out there. Um, I've just finished on a set, which was a family-friendly set, which was nine days in studio. Now, I'm not saying we don't work late at home into the night and all those other bits and you know all that sort of stuff, but actually on set time was family-friendly. So it can, now it, it is for TV, it's not, you know, it's this, that and the other. But it can be done, mm -hmm. you know, like I know because I spent mm -hmm. nine days doing it. Mm -hmm. And I and it doesn't like these things don't affect me so much anymore because the kids yeah. are that bit older. They can yeah. come home mm -hmm. with their key. Mm -hmm. But there were other people on that set who have younger children mm -hmm. who it did affect. And it made the whole it made the whole set much nicer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No yeah. one, including crew. Like, I mean, there was a number of crew there who have small children. Fine. But including crew who don't have small kids. Everyone was just much happier because they weren't doing 14 hours. They weren't, you know, it it made it a, a much more manageable and positive place to be. And actually the work got done. Okay. You know, now, so can, I, can I come to you taking up on Roshi's yeah, point there? Look in looking for solutions, Niall. Are there going to be extraordinarily different kinds of solutions depending on whether you're a producer? Or whether you're a clapper loader, do you know what I mean? Are we talking about uh, challenges that that are going to differ widely depending on what role you occupy? The, the role of producers have a different role mm. in the industry than the uh, than an awful lot of the rest of it. In the terms that producers, by by and large, have a company behind them. 
in some respects. So, you know, for the, at least for the bigger ones. And the, as a result, they can plan differently. Uh, they can move the schedule for their for their production to uh, to fit in with when people are available and when not. If you're working day to day on from project to project uh, in the way that like a clapper loader would be, then you don't have that same flexibility. You don't have you can't plan as far into the future as as you can in in a production company. So yeah, so there are different challenges. I mean, just within our own production company, uh, almost everyone is a parent. So and we currently have one just back from maternity leave. We have one just gone on maternity leave. So I mean, this is something that we can plan around. This is something that we can work around. I mean, both of in both instances, they uh, they were still working or still doing stuff during their maternity leave. So they're because you're never off. Um, but but yeah, it's it is it is it is a very different uh, set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. um, and okay, so very different set of circumstances. So when you raise this topic, um, the a response that you sometimes get, Elish, I'll come to you for this. A response that you sometimes get is, "Oh, look, you know, the, the industry is the industry, and you know." You can't make changes in some aspects of it um, without without there being a huge price to pay, i.e. we will lose our competitive edge. And really, you have to kind of come to accept, as one person said to me, you have to come to accept that if you want a family, the industry is not going to be for you. How, how would you respond to that? I've lost so many responses to that. Um... I mean, uh, what, I'd, uh, what I'd start with is that there are definite solutions to all of this. Um, and yes, they are different if you are somebody who is more office-based than you are on set, for example, a clapping loader. But one of the big things that we have been talking about is job sharing, uh, which I'll stick a pin in now because that's not actually the answer to the question you've asked. Like, why should the industry change? Because not only should we be supporting creative women and men mainly women i have to say it again i do like to support the fact that there is you know it's a cross gender here but it is very very skewed towards women we like we as a nation and we as a as a creative industry have you know we've drawn our line in the sand we've said we want to to create gender equity we said we want to support creative women we should be supporting them in the industry and that includes caring that includes parenting and caring we can't afford to lose them is the next point that I'll make because I have been at the cold face of this industry in hiring for a long time now and the industry is growing, it's not going anywhere and there are already crew shortages. There's, and it's constant, it's a constant challenge. And, um, around, and we don't want to hire outside of, uh, of Ireland because that presents its own challenges with uh, the guilds, with the unions, with mm -hmm. funding. Um, and we want to hire Irish crew because Irish crew are brilliant. Irish crew are strong crew. They're professional. They know how to do their job. And we can't afford to lose all the women and the men that we are losing from this industry because they have to choose caring over their, their career. And it can only make the industry stronger. Like none of the boundaries that have been put up by the industry in the last 10 or 15 years to improve the industry standard, to improve people's um, uh standard of living in terms of working in the industry none of those things have made the industry weaker they've only made the industry stronger they've only put on the international stage as a proper contender in terms of crew they have uh 
it hasn't damaged anything. It's made it stronger. It and you can see that the industry is is incredible. It's growing exponentially. There's studios being planned for uh, um, around Rathfarnham. There's studios being planned in Tipperary, in Clare. There's studio in Limerick now. There's one um, uh, being planned in Wexford. There's studios popping up everywhere, and they need crew to work in them, and they have right. projects that want to come in. So there's that we can't afford to lose our uh, our parents and carers. We have to be able to support them to work in the industry while they're 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 creating mm-hmm. and while they're caring. Would you agree with that, Roshin? Or can you understand the argument that says, you know what, who chose to have children? Now, co- now well, with- yeah, I have my own kind of thing. Like one of the reasons the industry gratefully has um, done so well is because of support. Now I would like to see more but um with the film board arts council you know with the money going in now that's tax pay that is taxpayer money it's supporting all of us within the industry yes it's a business but you can't you i mean you can't bring in taxpayers money or supportive money and say oh well the business isn't going to let moms in you know what i mean it has to be representative of everything Otherwise, why are like if you want to run it purely in a business sense, insofar as this might upset whatever? Sorry, this is sounding a bit confusing. But um, if you want to, we are supported by the government through taxes, so we should be representative of the population. Okay. If we're not representative of the population backstage, you know, in the crew, mm-hmm. cast, writers, mm-hmm. whatever. We're not serving the audience because mothers are part of our audience mm-hmm. and we can go on forever about representation. But like there's a whole lot of us. There's a whole lot of parents. There's a whole lot of carers. Mm-hmm. They need to be represented as well. Yeah. And are they? And so. So, yeah, I can understand you have 10 grand to make your short film over mm-hmm. three days. You know, you're going to have to do 12 hour days. You know, it's going to be tough. Now, a lot of parents can and probably no one's going to get a wage out of it mm. people can if if it's financially viable to get someone else to mind the kid or whatever else and that is the pathway in so without those pathways you're not mm. getting getting in at all mm. um you can do it is it preferable no it's not preferable but i don't see how making everyone's work into a place where it, you ha- have some sort of life outside of it can be a bad thing. And that goes across the board. That goes for people who are carers. It goes for people who are single, people who are working part-time jobs who are doing this. You know, it's, we can't, you can't create an industry that's a race to the bottom, which is mm. okay. what you're oh, doing. Okay. That's, doing that. that's a fair point. Now, yeah. what do you think about that? You can't create an industry that's a race to the bottom. Or do you understand the argument which says, you know, they'll just go somewhere else particularly film they'll just go somewhere else and make it we are shooting mm. ourselves in the foot there why would anyone move a production to somewhere else but how would how would any industry improve by removing talented people from the talent pool i mean how, how no industry it succeeds in that way um so if you're if you're putting up a barrier to entry or a barrier to staying in the industry to anyone especially any qualified person 
then that reduces the ability of that industry to be reactive or proactive. So there's there's absolutely no way that that you can benefit. And if you're moving to to another country, that other country still has exactly the same situation. I mean, there is no country that doesn't have this same problem uh, or this, these same issues. It's it it is global. The, uh, the the roles of parents and carers being diminished because of that act. So mm -hmm. it, it is something that that, that sure. you're not going to benefit from anywhere else. Also, we are a major uh, production base for global entertainment. We are the only majority English-speaking country left in the EU now. We have a number of competitive advantages against anybody moving anywhere else so why wouldn't you work with ireland you know ireland is, is especially if you're american because you, you were one quarter of you claim to be from here so you know <laughs> well, it's funny listening to you all they they all make perfect sense of course and um but when you're speaking to people who you know around the industry asking these questions um they don't always see it in those logical terms. And I'm maybe I'm wondering, is it a case of that you nobody or no industry, maybe no individual really wants change unless it is presented as being the way we should go? So is there a question, do you think, Ailish, about an organization like Raising Films, that that's the use of it, that it's, you know, sort of accelerating um, uh, and, and amplifying uh, the, mm -hmm. these perfectly sensible, logical points that you're all making, and and that it also gives people a strength to be part of it, that they're not poking their head out, being the one to say, "I need to run off, uh, you know, and do such and such today," and I, you know, I, can I get someone to step in for me, or you know, it 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 takes the fear out of it, does it? Do you think for for people? Yeah, I think, and I think the the uh, the word amplifying is definitely like a really good one to use because that is really what raising films is about. It's what it was about when it was started in the UK five years ago, um, and it's it's still the same today. Where it's it's about um, shining a light on this particular part of the industry and the fact that for you, I mean, there are there are women who um, don't tell anybody when they're pregnant because they're afraid of exactly what Roshan um, uh, voiced as, as her fears and that were realized that, that uh, the phone stopped ringing. Um, there are, you know, there, there's, I mean, and, and there's, there's men who kind of, you know, put their parenting uh, responsibilities to the side because they're so concerned about making sure that they are bringing money in as well. And to have those fears on top of everything else that happens to you when you become a parent um, is debilitating. It's an incredibly debilitating time. And it should be it should be a brilliant time. And it should continue to be a brilliant time as you keep going. There's also the other side um, of, of a group of which I'm a part of. I decided not to have kids until I'm, in, I'm now in my late 30s and I'm now having issues having kids and I'm on my second round of IVF. So, and there's a huge uh, amount of women who are in that in the same boat as I am. And that's not just the creative industries, that's not just the screen industry, that's in every industry. Um, so raising films is really about uh, uh, shining a light and focusing on that and becoming a, a champion for 
making sure that people who have caring uh, responsibilities and parenting responsibilities can still be part of the industry. Because again, like I said, we can't afford to lose them. And it's not, it's, this isn't something, we're not necessarily trailblazing. We may be trailblazing in Ireland. We're not trailblazing in throughout the world. This yeah. is happening already. The UK have been doing it. Australia have been doing it. I, I can't think of any uh, country in Western Europe um, that has an industry that hasn't had uh, additional support for parents and carers um, in terms of reduced hours or we call them French hours because that started mm -hmm. in France. Um, at which is being taken um, on board across the Scandinavian countries. And who doesn't want to be more like a Scandinavian country, for God's sake? They're possible. She's just on a set that, that yes. had family yes. friends and yes. they and they, yes. they got it in the can. Sorry, I'll stop yeah. talking. No, Anderson, I want to thank you very much for sharing um, your, your own personal story there, which I think, of course, that's what it's all about, isn't yeah. it? Uh, having the the uh, the conviction uh, and um, the courage, maybe in some cases, to say this is where I am and this is a reality, of course. So uh, thank you very much for that, Eilish. Uh, so we, when when we were when I was doing my research, a few things come up. Myself and Anne's research. There was a variety of things that people were putting forward. They were saying, okay, let's do more job sharing. Um, let's have crashes on set. Let's get, uh, um, um, you know, uh, money so that we can decide ourselves what we want to do and how we want to arrange our childcare. And there were a whole range of things. And some people would say such and such will never work. Shorter hours, of course, that was another one. Some people would say that would never work. This might work. The other might work. But I suppose it is about um, finding a way for the, to reimagine the industry, isn't it? To, to reimagine really how it could be and... and um, to to sort of to to also put it to the industry that sometimes when you're looking for change it isn't the place of the people who, who are kind of in a challenged position it isn't always the place for them to go this is what you need to do it's also that the industry must come up with some innovative ideas i mean it's like when the, when the push for gender equality was coming on you know sometimes there was the argument well if you couldn't explain how you could fix it all then somehow it wasn't it, it, it wasn't doable, yeah. yeah. Um, so do, are you confident, Roisin, are you more confident perhaps in 2020 that the industry will will begin to see the need to reimagine itself? Oh, I, definitely, absolutely. And I I don't know, like you probably would know an awful lot more about this age, but um, I find actual shooting dates are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. So a feature film that would have shot in three months and probably been far more family friendly 25 years ago mm. is now getting done in four weeks. Mm. And so, like, I know the cost is it's so much tighter now. You're expected to make an awful lot more with an awful lot less. Mm. Uh, but that's not necessarily a good thing, you know, for in general, for people working on a set. You know what I mean? That level of pressure, the very, very long hours um, and all the things that go with that, does that give you a better product at the end of it? Mm -hmm. And so this push to make, um, you know, everything cheaper to make doesn't necessarily give you the return you think you're going to get sometimes. Okay. So maybe that's something to think about. Like just this is totally from the outside, like I don't know 
from a producer point of view, I don't know what happened 20 years ago because I was running around mm. sets doing all sorts of stuff, but I was definitely wasn't producing. And then, so it's only later on when I came back that I produced out of necessity <laughs> because I wanted to make stuff. But, um, so that's one thing. The I think it's vastly improved. I do think, and I think there's much more awareness. I think dads now, particularly dads who are having kids very in the last few years are much, much more aware and much more hands-on um, than they would have been 15 or 20 years ago. I mean, I spent a, a long time, a good number of years on the phone to so many friends who are working in both the film and the theatre industry with devastated by what happened to them. And they were completely pushed out. And to come back in, you need support, you need finance, yeah. you need this, that, because you're starting mm -hmm. from the zero again. Mm -hmm. yes. um, and I and I was the one who was running around to anyone I know who had kids said, don't take your foot out of that door, keep it in there. Because if you take yes. it out, you're in you're it's so much more difficult to go back. And that's a whole other fascinating conversation, uh, Roshin, with you. I know that I've mentioned yeah. to you in the past that is something that's very uh, important to me, actually, that just just as a, a as a research topic and just as mm. from what I hear from people, just the notion of, and it, it is particularly related to women, I think, the notion of coming back in after some years being out. Um, and that's a whole other thing, I think, that, yeah. that needs to be talked about. Now, what do you think? Uh, is the industry capable and do you think it's willing to reimagine itself and to come up with innovative ideas to facilitate a parents and carers? It absolutely is. I mean, it's uh, the, the move towards gender equality showed that we were willing to make changes and to for the benefit mm -hmm. of the productions, for the benefit of the people working within the industry and for the well, for the benefit of getting money from wherever the money may come from. I mean, that's that's one of the key drivers. If you make a financial incentive towards things, then people will adjust to get the money. That's that's what they do. It's the nature, it's the nature of, of our business. Um, so if we said that if we, if we were to implement family friendly sets uh, and as a result, you would get a 25% increase in funding. People would make the family friendly sets to get that, you know, and they would find by doing that that it is better. And yes. it is the same way we're getting sustainability, is the same way that we're getting towards the gender equality. It's sometimes you need the carrot because the stick doesn't work. And I have to say, sometimes you need the stick because the carrot doesn't work. <laughs> Conversation now. That's a whole other conversation. Um, look, maybe this is a good moment uh, to leave it. I know we could talk on, but we, we, we are uh, we are limited on time. So, therefore, I would see just from what all of you say, I'm going away maybe with a slightly more upbeat feeling, uh, because first of all, the lid was lifted. The discussions are being had, which is all very important. Um, uh, the fact that gender equality has already been uh, brought into the public arena and is a hot topic of conversation, I suppose, helps. Um, I'd really like to thank uh, Eilish Bracken. I'd like to thank Roshan Carney, Niall Murphy for your insights. I really appreciate them. And I hope that the next time we're together talking about this, we'll feel even more confident that the industry has embraced these ideas and that because of that, we are all going to be winners. So thank you all very much. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
This event was sponsored by the BAI. To find out how you can support Women in Film and TV Ireland, visit wft.ie and stay tuned. We have some great live events scheduled to take place in the coming months.